Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet CEO of Menlo Innovations, Richard Sheridan, although you may want to refer to him as Chief Joy Officer, therapist and meditation teacher Ralph De La Rosa, and journalist Hamish McKenzie. From stories of joyful leadership to why we need a more joyful meditation practice, you'll be inspired by the fascinating lessons and research these authors have to share. Enjoy. Hi, this is Richard Sheridan. I wrote Chief Joy Officer because the world demanded that I write it. We have thousands of people come to visit my company, Menlo Innovations, every year. And that led to the creation of the book, Joy Inc., How We Built a Workplace People Love. People wanted to learn more about the leadership system we had put in place at our company. We have a very unusual structure at Menlo. We have no bosses. Bosslessness doesn't mean leaderless. People wanted to know how that worked and how we could get to joy at Menlo and how maybe they could get to joy within their own organizations. Those questions from all of the readers of Joy, Inc. inspired me to this book. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be X. Exhilarating and exhausting. I had no idea how much personal energy would be required to read a book created by my own hands. I enjoyed it immensely. I realized I had a lot of trouble pronouncing the word particularly. I'm pretty sure the next book I write, I'm going to strike that word out of every paragraph. I don't ever want to have to pronounce particularly over and over again like I did in reading Chief Joy Officer. I'm excited to share with you the stories that I've shared in this book. You'll probably note that some of these stories are very personal. I had to fight through some of them through tears because the stories themselves were so moving for me. I hope those stories and others that I shared within the book help move you to your own journey to joy and joyful leadership. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Alan Alda in his role as Hawkeye Pierce in MASH 4077th. It was one of my favorite television shows, and I always appreciated the lessons he imparted in that wonderful comedy show about a tough war in Korea. One of my favorite audiobooks is called American Icon, the Alan Mulally story of saving Ford Motor Company. I was so moved by the leadership lessons in that book and how one man could take such a troubled company and turn them around so quickly in the depth of one of the greatest economic disasters that had hit that industry and the nation. Hi, this is Ralph De La Rosa. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be humbling. In fact, that one word best describes the entire experience of writing the book from start to finish, editing it, as well as narrating the audiobook now. It's really quite fascinating to engage with a work of this magnitude and size and experience how many words and ideas and theories and practices and what have you all wanted to find their way through me and onto the page and now onto the speakers, as it were. 
you can take this or leave this as you like, but I personally have a belief that it's as if life itself wants to have a unique expression lived through each of us that often has very little or maybe even nothing to do with our own personal ideas and agendas and thoughts about who we should be or need to become or whatever else. And I truly experienced that with this book, that it was as if life itself wanted something to be expressed through me in this process. And really, I was just kind of the conduit for that to find its way somehow through my body, through my mind, and into manifestation. The thing that surprised me was that I seemed to have lost the ability to enunciate R's correctly, and so I kept tripping over words with R's in them. I'm a longtime musician, and I played drums in rock and roll bands for half of my life without earplugs. And that was a really, really dumb choice that I am paying dearly for now in that I've lost about 40 to 50% of my hearing. And I think that that became really painfully evident in the narrating of this book. So hopefully my words don't slur too much. The word analogous, definitely, we ran into a million times in this book. And every time I wanted to say analogous, and I'm amazed that... I don't know how to speak English, which is my first language. (laughs) What I'm proudest of about my narration is that I didn't freak out. There was no anxiety attack. There was no panic attack. I didn't go home and cry. And I kind of half expected to, at least on one of the days. But there's quite a bit in the book around working with one's inner critic, which is a practice that I developed on my own just through my daily processes with my emotions. And narrating this book actually proved to me that I've developed a much better relationship to my inner critic than I once had because my inner critic kind of just sat back and let me do the work most of the time. A part of the book that I'm really excited for people to delve into is the chapters on working with the inner critic, which is such a pervasive problem and almost a universal experience that we have this nagging part of us that tends to step in in the moments when we need to do really well, right before we're giving a presentation or narrating an audiobook or giving a performance or going on a first date or some other crucial moment in our lives. We tend to have this voice inside of us that steps in and you know, berates us with all kinds of disempowering messages or unshakable nervousness or something else. I really think that it is possible not to get rid of or to shut this part of us up, but for us to befriend and develop a healthy, holistic, and warm relationship with this part of us so that we don't have to cut it off or disavow it, but rather there's open lines of communication between us and this part of us, so that in those crucial moments, we can actually have a little conversation with that voice, and that part of us can relax, stand aside, and let us tend to the work that's before us. Dream narrator, living or dead, Jesus, definitely Jesus. More seriously, Samuel L. Jackson. I talk about Pulp Fiction in the book, and especially if his character Jules that he played in Pulp Fiction could narrate the book. Either him or Kristen Schaal, who I must admit I have a bit of a celebrity crush on. 
She's the voice of Louise in Bob's Burgers, and I just think it would be hilarious to have a self-help book narrated by such a cartoony voice. Literally the best book, most clarifying and specific book on intimate relationships that I've ever read, and I've read quite a few of them, would be You Are the One That You've Been Waiting For by Richard Schwartz, who is the developer of internal family systems therapy, which I talk about in the book, and then also Freeing the Breath by Leslie Kamenoff, which is a real how-to in basic yogic practices for opening the diaphragm and opening what's called the breathing body in yoga. It correlates to a great diminishment of anxiety and an ability to really settle with ourselves. And that has been my experience of listening to and following along with that book as well. Hi, this is Hamish McKenzie. I'm the author of Insane Mode. I wrote Insane Mode because we're at the beginning of this momentous shift from gasoline transportation to electric transportation. And it's not just going to change the way we drive. It's going to change a whole lot of things, like the global economy and how we use energy. And I think that even though Tesla is now popular, I'm not sure that people fully realize how huge this shift is going to be. I also wanted to tell within that the story of Tesla, which really started off as a tiny, hopeful Silicon Valley startup, and how much adversity this company had to overcome to help bring about this shift. I think it's a fascinating story. It's an important one, and someone had to tell it, so it might as well have been me. If I had to describe what it was like to record this audiobook in one word, that word would be gratifying. I wrote Insane Mode in my own voice, and I was a little bit nervous about the idea that someone other than me would tell the story in their voice. So I'm pleased that I got to tell it in the way that I wanted to tell it. And it was also great to be able to express some of the emotion behind what I wrote. So it was kind of cathartic in that way too. There were lots of words that I realized I didn't know how to pronounce when it came time to reading this audiobook. For a start, my book is littered with Chinese words. Zhongguang Xuan is one particularly difficult one. But there were some simple English words as well that often tripped me up. Digitally, for instance, or particularly, anything that ended with LY was actually a bit of a stumbling block. The acronym CEO, Chief Executive Officer, is also surprisingly difficult when you try to make yourself say it out loud. And peninsula? New Zealanders sometimes say peninsula. I had to take multiple attempts at that before I got it right, even to the extent I'm still nervous to say it. The part about my narration that I am most proud of is that I got to do a couple of American accents in the book by adopting the voices of certain characters. And my accents were terrible, absurd, and I think everyone's going to find them utterly unconvincing, but I had a good time doing it. I'm excited for listeners to hear my chapter about going to China and doing reporting there, talking to these really titans of industry in China that many Americans haven't heard of, because for me, a huge part of the electric car story is taking place in China, and a lot of the future of the world's sort of 
prospects for escaping the worst problems of climate change depend on how China acts. So I really hope that listeners get a lot out of that section of the story, and I think it's really a big deal. One thing about this book that I'd like people to know is that I was quite deliberate in not focusing on the personality politics. People get really tied up with Elon Musk, the person, or the circus, depending on how you look at it. But I didn't want to like turn the focus just on what he's like as a person. I wanted to show that there is an actual revolution happening here and that electric cars are here for real and they're going to change everyone's lives. So I wanted to keep the focus on the revolution rather than the personality. If I hadn't read this audiobook myself, I would have cast Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad because really I think only he could have brought the gravitas necessary for telling a business story about the manufacturing of cars. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, Cranston also has the kind of emotional range that I think is important to bring to a story like this because the stakes are high. It's a story of incredible importance with concern laced throughout it. But there is also some subtle hope and someone like Cranston can bring that level of hope to the surface in a way that doesn't depress us all and leaves us with something to be a little bit excited by. The last great audiobook that I listened to was Killers of the Flower Moon by David Gran, which was narrated by Will Patton. It's a tragic story about a terrible chapter in American history, but it's told like a western. It's kind of like a cross between the HBO show Deadwood and a Ken Burns documentary. And it's told by this master storyteller, the New Yorker's David Grant, who I love. I recommend that book to everyone, and it had a profound impact on me. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. <laughs>